Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Jason from Frozen and Carbonite, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munson Ryder and Patrick Pingongo to talk about Rio's new video, Three Seasons. But first, this week we learned about Jake Phelps' cause of death, acute fentanyl intoxication, from an article in the Bay Area news blog, The San Francisco Standard. The news hits especially hard given the number of skaters we've lost over the past few years. Patrick, does this new information provide closure or open up a whole new can of worms, so to speak? I think it does a little bit of both. There had been a lot of whispers and even rumors about the cause of uh, Jake Phelps's death. First of all, RIP the God, um, a polarizing yes, but incredibly important figure in skateboarding. I think skateboarding has made, not just as a culture, but also as an industry, has made some tremendous strides in talking about some difficult issues. But skateboarding is a part of American culture and a part of American culture is having difficulty dealing with drugs, addiction, and the role that drugs play in society. We're not really sure where we want to go as a nation when it comes to drugs and drug addiction, but more specifically about opioids, especially in the last 25 years. We're all 40 plus. Uh, we're all old enough to remember the arrival of opioid medicines and their recreational use, probably like when we were in high schoolish, when you know people started messing around with them. Uh, and also have been around long enough to see how destructive it's been to everybody, not just skateboarders, but all kinds of people. Millions of Americans have died from opioid addiction or complications from opioid addiction. And I think what's really tough is that Phelps was a really high visible character in skateboarding. He was, as some mainstream outlets call him, he was the Anna Wintour of skateboarding. Love him or hate him, you knew who he was and his opinion really mattered and his role in skateboarding really mattered. And I guess the the big question is, how do we as individual skateboarders step up to the plate? How does the skate industry step up to the plate? I, we can't do it alone. That's the thing. We can't do it alone. But what can we do as individuals? Well, here's the thing. I mean, like you said, in the USA, like on a macro level, addiction is still viewed kind of like as being like a, a moral or personal failure. You know, not a health issue. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, damn, dude, why can't you just drink a couple beers? Like, why can't you just not do heroin, you know? And it's like, like you said, it's a, it's a lot of shit. It's part mental. It's part physical. It's part genetic. And, like, we're not quite there yet to removing that stigma from addiction. And on, like, a, on a more micro level with skating, the article tried to like make a connection between skating and you know drug use like you know skaters like the party they're risk takers or whatever um that sort of thing but like i don't know dude like the thing about addiction is like once you go in the rooms or whatever like there's people from all social strata tax brackets and they're fucking everything like you know they say like a rich man and a poor man get drunk or high the same way it affects everyone. Plus, like, I've never seen a skater, like, get carried out of a bar, like, fall asleep at a bar, you know, any shit like that. So I I really don't think skaters party harder than your regular cross-section of the population. Yeah, I think another thing that the uh, the article, the initial article, because we've got, there there was a follow-up that's listed right. in now that I hadn't seen yet. You know, the initial article, at least the headline, and it got, it got added in, in the piece itself, was all about, can simply facing up to the fact of, you know, an opioid death of the editor of, you know, the, the 
basically the main skateboard magazine. I almost said the only, but the main skateboard magazine for sure. And you know, Patrick, you're asking what can what can we do? And I think that stating simple facts can, at the very least, raise that awareness, pump the brakes here and there. Yeah, I, I felt like you know the initial news of Jake Phelps' death, like the silence surrounding the cause of death, was a little deafening, just in terms of you know you knew the guy was gnarly, and it it's almost uh, kind of mythologized living on the edge and all that. But I don't recall this from the initial reporting but that again that first standard story kind of put it out there that phelps was portrayed as having died quietly at home i don't remember that as a detail and i wouldn't have really thought that was the detail or you know how it happened anyways it's owning up to just the way things happen and not pushing it up i think is a starting point you know to just go back and make that point yeah and jason um i really appreciate you bringing up that specific push back at the article trying to paint skaters as being other or different when it comes to issues of addiction. I really appreciate that because one of the really interesting things about certain professions is that they do lead towards a hard partying lifestyle. And it's something that's super normalized and even actually encouraged. And if we really wanted to point fingers, I would point my fingers straight at the legal profession. Because I don't know if y'all know any lawyers, especially in cities like Washington, D.C., New York, it could be anywhere. It's a big drinking game. I mean, I think that's something that I really noticed uh, as a key difference between Washington and L.A. is that in D.C., especially people who are in the policy space, I'm not trying to tar everybody with a big brush, but it's a boozy scene. Whether you work on the Hill, whether you are an attorney, it doesn't really matter, right? And those are pretty straight white-collar professions, right? But as you said, addiction hits everybody the exact same way, and it's debilitating no matter what, when it's allowed to get to that point. And it feels weird that an article would try to paint skateboarding as as just this bastard, this like this hellhole of addiction that's absolutely awful. If anything, it's it look, it's just an extension of mainstream American society. People, Americans take drugs, skateboarders take drugs too. I mean, I'll add on that. I know various like for some reason I know two circles of dentists. And I mean, dentists love party like it's everywhere. It's not a rarefied skateboard thing. The dentists I know like partying, to be clear. Yeah, but also, you know, it, it's it, it's also an indicator of, um, you know, these high-stress positions, high-stress lifestyle. You know, I, I think um, something um, I talked to Jim Tebow, uh, shout out to Jim T, about was, you know, before the pandemic, he explained to me that uh, a few of the team managers uh, up in the Bay Area were all talking about uh, putting together a training for folks who are about to go out on the road. Pandemic put a stop to that. And I'm not sure if it was ever uh, implemented, but, uh, you know, sort of like a almost like a basic training, uh, first aid, mental health interventions, you know, so that you kind of learn to understand the signs of when things are about to go awry. And, you know, I think there was a time, even as recently as 10 years ago, where this was stuff was just entertaining. I think epically later did a really good job of opening up conversations about addiction. Are, are there any other conversations or pieces of skate media that y'all feel have done a good job of removing some of the shame and the secrecy around skateboarders and addiction? Well, I actually did a, a small bit of rudimentary internet research um, getting ready for this episode. And the Anthony Van England interview from Transworld in 2009, like I remember being like raw you know, and I found a copy of it on the internet and like, yeah, he was totally, you know what I mean? Transparent. Like, yeah, like I started partying a lot, 
started drinking whiskey and I started doing drugs. I was partying on Sunset Strip. And like he said that like his uh, rock bottom or whatever was when like, I guess we we're filming or something on a filming trip. Greg, Greg Hunt confronted him like, dude, like what's with you, man? You know, that kind of shit. And also in the Dill epically later, he'll tell you he like, yeah, threw up blood everywhere, had like a ruptured abdomen. And then like Abe comes in and he's like, yeah, Dill came and stayed with me in L.A. Um, LA is a great place to be sober, I think, um, based on what I've heard, like it's sunny, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're out, you're outside all the time, you act up, whatever. But anyway, he's like, he was like, yeah, Dill came and stayed with me for a year and like got his shit together, you know? So even though like there's this kind of unspoken thing in skating where like you're a kook, if you tell someone like not to do something, even still like look out for your, you know, help your friends out and even like confront your friends if they're fucking up. You know, I don't think that makes you a kook at all. Yeah, the, the Dill one was pretty harrowing because I remember seeing that epic, the original epic later where he said like, oh, I was having dental issues and was throwing up blood, spitting blood everywhere. Later reveals in his follow-up epically later. And then also his Nine Club, which is pretty revealing where he talks about losing friends like Dash Snow, for example. Like Dill was heavy in that, uh, that Lower East Side East Village scene in the early to mid 2000s. And unfortunately, heroin worked its way through a lot of people and some folks didn't um, didn't come out alive. But anyway, you know, you, you know, back to it. It's, it's, you know, I think those have been really powerful. Like those have been really powerful. And to your point about LA, I think a key difference is a big thing in DC is like people go out and get drinks. I was working in nonprofits there for what, six years? And, you know, like, yeah, you go out and you can drink. Let's go get a happy hour, such and such. You know, out here, a lot of socialization is like, let's go for a hike. Let's go for a long walk. And, of course, most importantly, let's go skate. Again, like, there's something about it's probably a combination of the weather and also the fact that there's a lot of people out here who are sober. You know, a lot of people here are out in recovery. And it's, it's, it's very, very much a relief. And it can be a bit of culture shock uh, to go to places where people are like, going hard in the paint but also like i'm older i can't i i can't indulge like i once did you know like the hangovers are too bad and um i also i really enjoy getting up early on the weekends and getting things done and you know but then that's me you know like that's you know for some people they still do like to party heavy at, at, at 40 i mean mike you know what is it like say for example like picking up like up in in, in minnesota especially with the cold where you know, you're physically restricted from doing anything. Like, thinking about circumstantial, does that play into things? Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking more of, like, Wisconsin bar drinking culture, just where, you know, I'll, I'll frequently be out Sheboygan way. Yeah, you go out and get dinner, and these places are packed, and people are pounding beers, and yeah, I mean, it. it's definitely depends on where you're at. Different cultures and different climates, as we've spoken about, can, can definitely influence how it goes down thinking about circumstance and places i think something that's really important to acknowledge is that there's a lot of people in america who are hurting economically a significant portion of the population um, cannot afford a 500 dollars emergency you know that could be a car it could be a burst pipe it could be an outsized utility bill like gas or electric there's also the fact that you know, opioid, uh, opioids were basically distributed like, like candy. You know, you had drug companies who were basically pushing them all over the country. It didn't matter where, but particularly in places that were suffering from deep economic issues. And that's a hard fight to win when you're dealing with like a lot of the socioeconomic, like the deep, deep rooted issues. But pivoting into skateboarding, 
a lot of skateboarding, oh, excuse me, a lot of skateboarders are in economically precarious uh, positions. They could be losing one check away from getting kicked out of their apartment if they have an apartment, if they have a place to live. The skateboarding economy is one that is filled with income inequality. There's some people who are doing really well, and there's a lot of people who aren't, who are just eking out a living, which makes, which creates like a, a case for serious vulnerability. And then like most importantly, pain, chronic pain. A lot of, if you're, if you're an older skater, if you go hard in the paint, you're living with chronic pain. And we don't have a national healthcare system here and going to the doctor is expensive and some pills might be cheaper. I mean, how do we, how do we contend? We, we, uh, actually, no, sorry. We can't contend with that as individuals. That's a systemic issue that you can't fight on and you fight, can't fight against as one person or a small group of people or even a small industry. Like, how do we contend with that? Like, there's certain aspects of being a skater that make you more vulnerable to these kinds of yeah, circumstances. Yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, I don't know if they do this anymore, but, you know, when I broke my wrist and got, you know, screws and plates in it and all that shit, first thing, like, out of the OR, they, they give you a prescription for, like, a big-ass, like, like, the biggest pill bottle they have filled with uh, bikes, bikes or perks, you know, hydrocodone, whatever. You know, I don't think they do that anymore just because of the whole opioid thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, you're injured, you know, you might not have insurance or whatever. That's, like, I mean, like Fred Gall said, like, in one interview, like, he started doing pills. They were hard to get. So what do you do? Oh, heroin's way easier to get, you know? And part of the fentanyl thing is, like, it's my understanding that, like, a lot of it is, like, either in, like, counterfeit pills or just they, they cut heroin with it. It's not all like, oh, they cut, you know, Coke with it or whatever. It's like, you know, all that shit. Yeah, that's a scary part. And, and, and it's changed, quote unquote, partying. You know, the, there was a period where for some people who partook in certain substances that you'd go out, somebody would hand you a pill or they would hand you a powder. It's a real risk in 2023 to indulge like that. Yeah, but I mean, if you're an addict, you don't really think about it like that. Like, you don't really think about it in a rational way. Like, oh, like, wait a minute, there's a chance that there's fentanyl in this stuff. I better uh, refrain. You know what I mean? Those only go through your head. You're just like, well, so be it. This if is my, the, oh, sorry. This is maybe like too academic a question, but, you know, that uh, going to the, again, that initial standard article, you know, they they talked about Jake Phelps trying to do pain management, you know wrecked elbow wrecked body was otherwise was apparently clean at the time and then you know they they talked about other deaths david bear for one where it appeared to be that scenario that patrick just brought up of you know tainting cocaine cut with fentanyl you know is it too academic to see if these are two different things two different things to be aware of is that a coherent question for you guys you mean like on one hand pain management on the other hand like recreational drug yeah uh yeah or what the differences are there or, I, I don't know I, and maybe i'm uh, yeah too much an editor brain in terms of how that article was put together i just wonder if there's a if there's an important enough difference or if we're in the weeds here or what uh i don't think it's it's that much a, of a difference you know at, at yeah. a certain point they kind of like blur together you know if you're an addict you can rationalize like anything mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like pain management is a whole like field of of medicine in and of itself yep but like in the follow-up article it's mostly just quotes from uh tony vitello the uh owner of thrasher and a couple of them were pretty uh 
pretty interesting. Like, and here's one. Here's what I quote. Here's what I will say. Skateboarding is part of being on the edge. You want to feel something. You want to feel the fear and you want to know that something bad can happen. And everybody's got their different low. I see the parallels to parting and getting to that precipice. You just keep inching a little bit closer to see how far you can get. Sometimes you go too far and you can't go back, which is true. So like maybe, and he kind of alludes to this in both of the pieces, maybe Phelps was like, you know, the skating is really hard to replace, you know, just the juice or whatever. So, you know, maybe you know, he was trying to fill that void with, with something else. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, what do y'all think about that quote or quote? Skating is the best shit in the world. It is impossible yeah. to replace. And it's not just the feeling of pushing on your board. It's the camaraderie. It's the fact that when you walk around, drive around, whenever you go to a place, you're always looking looking at things through the eye of being a skater. You never lose it. You could stop skating for 10 years, 20 years. You'll still always be thinking about life through the eyes of a skater. And, you know, there are some people for whom it is, it's a, it's a thrill. Like, and it is a thrill. It is, it's, think about it this way. Most people our age, in fact, most people don't challenge themselves in the ways that skateboarders do. Most people don't challenge themselves to do something wildly or radically different. They don't push themselves to the brink physically and mentally on a regular basis. And, you know, that could be doing a, a set of stairs. It could be just skating a curb, trying something new, moving your body in a, in a different direction. And it, it feels like a, it feels cheap to kind of talk about skateboarding as this sort of extreme kind of thing because it's not always like that it's not always like this permanent thrill seeking but there are aspects of it that are that are transcendent that's like it's like nothing else in the world and you know i'd say long distance long distance cycling comes pretty close especially when you get in the zone mike i know you can speak to this one maybe i don't know maybe swimming in the ocean where you really have to be in tune with your surroundings but it's just it's pure beauty i mean mike what's your take I think of like winter biking where after you are cold, then you're warm and then you're kind of warm cold. Like, yeah, there is a definite buzz that I get with being out cold and having to, yeah, pay hyper attention to everything. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm skeptical of like, you know, it's this extreme lifestyle and you sometimes, I don't know. I, it, it might be for some people. I don't know if you can make this universal claim and then Tony Vitello as, you know, owner of, again, like the main skateboard media stores has built in, uh, what's, what's the word I was looking for? Not authenticity, but authority to say that. But may, maybe this is just my own kind of prejudices, but thoughts on the whole Thrasher media mach machine and how in, in, in certain ways it's having it both ways because, you know, shortly after Phelps's death, they published that, article on you know skaters who are in recovery yeah which was i thought was a really dope article like i thought it was yeah really fucking good and it, it it totally you know no bullshit influenced my own decision to you know become sober yeah i i, I guess just to finish up the thought like how much i don't know yeah maybe maybe as maybe as messenger maybe i should be more uh sympathetic like tony vitello as messenger here where you know his brand pushes a lot of different outlooks but you know does kind of perpetuate like this gnarly outlaw stuff that i don't know it it, it kind of it's kind of tired in my head and this is part and parcel to it and maybe i'm getting far off the topic but there's elements of it but i don't think it's the universal truth that is being presented as in that quote 
uh, there's always people who are going to want to try to paint skateboarders in this sort of, I say, extreme sort of way. And I say it with that emphasis because like, there's a lot of people from like skateboarding is like their, their, their perception of skateboarding is stuck on the X Games 1998, which is rather unfortunate because skateboarding on, looks on, nothing on, like uh, that on X Games mode. Exactly, like it's stuck on oh, X Games. Yeah. Even vert skating is not even like that. Shout out to Jimmy Wilkins for day. Jimmy Jimmy Wilkins making you know vert skating hype. Anyway, but back to the point. Like there's there's a lot of people who are going to try to paint skateboarding as being this. X game, you know, talk about X games mode, and it's it, it can be frustrating. But you're right, like that article in Thrasher was a game changer in a way because it really it kicked open the doors. And, and, and I think, and I I I applaud skateboarding for maturing in some ways. It still has a huge amount to grow, you know, of growing up to do. But being able to confront addiction, which is a challenging subject in American society, man, like that's that is that that's a tall order and. Skateboarding is, is contributing to that, and I think a lot of young people are contributing to that. But again, I think we have to recognize our place in skating. We're, we're, we're older men with some history, and you know we, we understand how real shit can get. If you're 22 and you don't have too much life experience, man, like you're going to find out the hard way. You know, a lot of people, most of us find out the hard way. And, and I think that's, that's where it's tough. I think young people are going to do what young people are, are going to do. And I think a thing that can be challenging in skating is that we don't, there is a, a, a little bit of, partially through its punk roots and, and anarchist bent in skateboarding, an idea of self-determination that you're not policing other people and you're not telling them, you're not telling them what to do. And I think, uh, you know, I always think of Reynolds famously who had had his experience with addiction and has been sober for a long, long time, but, you know, he at least... I believe it was in epically later, you know, he, 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 he goes on record saying people got to learn by experience and he can't really force the actions of, of people on his companies, for instance. And, um, I've always been unsure if that's a cop out or if that's just, you know, sticking to that kind of anarchic ethos that you were talking about, Patrick, but. I, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes your experience can be valuable to share and, you know, you're not necessarily telling people what to do, but just kind of being open no, about reality. No, I mean, like, I, I don't think it's really like anarchist. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, you have to want to get help. You can't yeah. force someone to, unless you pull like a David Crosby and just put them in a car to the airport to go to rehab or something like that. R.I.P. the dog. R.I.P. David, yeah, R.I.P. David Crosby, seriously. But um, yeah, back to the Thrasher brand and all that. I mean, Vitello is aware of that. Like, there's another quote in that follow-up article where he says, uh, and I quote, uh, we've been trying to have the conversation more addressing alcohol-related issues in the mag and not necessarily glorifying the party. Unfortunately, there's a marketability of that behavior and those lifestyles and people use it to sell things. Everybody's guilty of that to a certain extent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just yeah. think about all the videos like with uh, slow-mo shots of, you know, skaters just chilling. Smoking a spliff, smoking a J, sipping beers, sipping wines. Um, you know, the last two summers have been the summer of the Aperol Spritz. Aperol, of- those spritz. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Like, I think there was some like tour article in Thrasher where like Aperol Spritz was worked into a title or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's <laughs> like skating. Like all of a sudden, like a bunch of people went to Copenhagen Open, they loved it, and decided to bring it back. And now it's like. Uh, skate skateboarding has become very bougie, darling. Aperol spritz is a Tompkins, so absolutely wonderful. Well, yeah, I mean, course correction. Yeah, like I'll, just don't forget the sodi beer chug. 
It's like three so, years deep on the Sodi beer jug. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... I mean, like, yeah, I mean, partying is, like, part of the whole shit. Like, I don't think it's Thrasher's responsibility to, like, you know... Their brand is being, like, a mirror of the culture, like, straight up. So, you know, if that's what's going on in the culture, like, they have to document it. Like, that's their shit. But, like, yeah, I don't think it's their responsibility to, like, censor or, like... Definitely not to, I mean, educate... But I mean, they have been, I guess, but with like with that one article. So I don't know, man. Like, yeah, like you said, like Tony Mattel said in that follow up article, like there's lots of people in skating now that have like, you know, sober lifestyle. So if that's part of the culture, then, you know, they, um, they should be documenting it, you know, should skateboarding, you know, should video, you know, should folks are making edits, videos, stop putting this kind of stuff in the video or. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it's life. I mean, like. Yeah, drink people yeah, take drugs it is it, it, it's it's a part of life but it, it is it, it's unreasonable to expect skateboarders to be at the vanguard of uh, addressing deep-rooted socioeconomic issues you know policy issues that have led to uh addiction being a, a, as bad as it is like that's it, it's it's unreasonable to ask that of skateboarding i don't know maybe maybe this is like this is the hard part and, and you know other sports other sports are going through it too. It's not just skateboarding. I mean, shit. Like you think skating's bad? Look at the NFL. With what? Like oh, the issues of addiction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially um yeah with the tire players and shit. I was thinking about like you want to talk about sports and shit like fucking Len Bias. Oh. Like um one of the greatest. Len Bias was whoever lived. Yeah, seriously. He um Len Bias was this basketball player who got drafted by the Boston Celtics. And on his draft night, fucking overdosed on coke. And it was this whole thing, like, nationwide. And it pretty much, like, my understanding is that it pretty much, like, jump-started, like, the quote-unquote war on drugs. The Reagan quote-unquote war on drugs, which led to higher levels of, like, police drug action nationwide. One of, yeah, it was Nixon who started the, the they coined the phrase war on drugs. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was Reagan who took it into 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 high gear. Especially, you know, with the the advent of, um, of of crack cocaine, and you know, Len Bias, probably one of the greatest basketball players that University of Maryland ever produced, and it was uh, it 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 cast a pretty long shadow. And I went to Maryland in the early two thousands, and Maryland won the NCAA championship in uh, two thousand two. Wait, was, was that was that was that when Steve Francis was on the team? Steve Francis, the God man, Juan Dixon, <laughs> you know, Steve franchise. Oh my God! Just like, yo, like Steve Blake, dog. That steal against Duke. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're we're diving into into the depths of uh, of college basketball awesomeness. But yeah, it was a it was a, it was a huge shock. I mean, it took a long time for Maryland's basketball program to recover from that. And like you said, like dude was about like it's like the big question mark people ask like alternate timeline. What does basketball look like with Lem Bias playing basketball concurrent with Jordan Ewing? All of the greats that we grew up with. But anyway, you know, back to skating. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of what ifs. You know, we've lost a lot of really great skaters to addiction. That it's really un it's 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 incredibly unfortunate. I mean, shit. But at least it's be at least it's being at least it is being talked about. But you know, skateboarding doesn't have a league. There's nobody that's gonna help out. Oh, you mean like like they do drug testing and then yeah, like a combination of like drug testing, offering oh, yeah. uh, you know, offering uh, people a push to rehab. I mean. If if you want the closest analog in regular degular, you know, American life that people can understand is professional wrestling. 
because they're all 1099s. They're all independent contractors. Uh, up until very recently, was it WWE? Didn't even like, like a lot. Like, uh, was it uh, was it the late uh, Chris Benoit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. spiraled in addiction and and uh, killed his wife and son in a murder in a murder suicide? You know, he really went through it. And he was one of many, and there's a lot of you know those. You know, there's a lot of those guys who are living in in permanent pain. Yeah, wrestling's a crazy lifestyle. Yeah, um, that all makes me think of like CTE issues too. Like, yeah, a lot of sport can chew people up and spit them out in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if skating's gonna have a limb bias moment or something, or if this was it. But you know, I don't know. It's just for me to be seen. I mean, it wasn't like uh, Van Westel. That was like a pretty, yeah. That was uh, that was a real shocker. Yeah, I mean uh, to. That's that's kind of like a mystery too, eh? I don't know if anything's ever been like fully public. There, yeah, you know, I'm sure we've all heard various stories. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think they ever really like there was an official story. I don't know. There's a lot, dude. Like I said, I mean, especially in the past year, there's like too many to count. Like, I've, and it's kind of like grotesque. But like, I've like lost track. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, around here, you know. um, CJ Tambernino had been, I think, hit by a car in the weeks leading up to his death and um, was both trying to, I, 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 I don't remember all the details properly, so I won't, won't try to remember them out loud, but, you know, and I've, I've heard stories of other skaters who've been, you know, deep into opioid addiction and gotten out and, you know, on, on the topic of what are we going to do, being the face of opioid recovery within skateboarding while you're just trying to get by when getting by is as hard as ever in skateboarding it's like what's the incentive to do that necessarily it's it's a it's a difficult situation yeah it's 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 hard and 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 most skate companies don't have the resources or anything like that to to really be able to take that next step i mean there are some companies i mean god bless them folks at crail tap who got guy mariano sober yeah and got him into got him into rehab because you know that could, that would have been one of the great tragedies, you know. And guy in recovery, we can complain all we want about not having a guy Mariano part, but guess what? I'm just happy that that man is alive and hopefully going to deliver us a little something that the little doubles he did with Lance Mount on the Jersey Barrier out in uh, Covina, California, it was super and sick. May- maybe uh, a part in the Dickies video. That'd be hard. Not- maybe hopefully be tight shit. Yeah, but guy's the man. Like, it, like you know, he's. And he, you know, his epically later was pretty harrowing. I mean, you know, this uh, he was a child prodigy. You know, I think, yeah, we, you know, we, we can't talk about addiction w- without talking about a lot of the pressures on some of these skaters. And the fact that a lot of, especially people like him, you know, you want to let loose. You want to have a little bit of fun. You know, they don't get to have the same sort of normal childhood that the rest of us have because you're 14 and you're one of the best skateboarders on the planet. You're going to be living on a, in la-la land if you really you know that it's going to have an effect on you yeah i think well i think guys like the the poster child for like recovery and skating for sure with that uh comeback he did it was one of the most beautiful things that happened i mean you talk to people who were at the premiere for was it um was it fully Fully flared yeah for fully flared and they said it was what a surprise what a shock beautiful speaking of video premieres Real Skateboards recently dropped slash premiere. I, th- I think they had a premiere party and all that shit. Dropped a new Multiple video premieres. product. Multiple. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the move these days, eh? Multiple premieres. I like that shit. 
new video project three seasons with full street parts from amateurs gage boyle and virginia's own patrick praman i hope i'm pronouncing that name right and new pro minnesota's own tanner van vark plus a montage with the whole squad which is almost a whole football team now including uh, offense defense and special teams mike is the real ring the new city stars chain dang i am not sure if it's as coveted as the city stars chain yet i had not ever ever thought of this comparison it might be it might be trying to be and for the record i was recently told that iowa our neighbor to the south might have as much acclaim on Tanner Van Vark than Minnesota does. So, uh, oh, for the record. Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, I didn't know it until recently <laughs> either. Yeah. the I was thinking real in terms of like the Golden State Warriors recently, where, you know, Golden State has Steph Curry, Draymond. Uh, what's that other dude? He's super tight. Clay Thompson. So you got the real legacy pros, Ishad. Boost in it. And yeah, Real's kind of coming up with, with the young guns. I, I mean, maybe like Jack Olsen is your Andrew Wiggins. And then, uh, um, you know, these guys in this this latest vid are are the recent draftees down there. They've got a bridge to the future. They, dra- they drafted well. They had a good draft. Yeah, they've, they've drafted well. You know, the, the skate league, I can't think of a better G League analogy. But um, no, future's, future's looking good. I mean, Patrick Preyman, I say Preyman in my head. I think, you know, it's the old thing with doing a podcast where you've never said these names out loud until you need to. That dude's got a funky style. I worry about Gage Boyle and his hands and all those rings he's got on, but that dude's gnarly. Big fan of Tanner Van Vark. I think he's probably kind of underrated because he's so esoterically difficult at skating. Like, Patrick, what stood out for you? I mean, very similar to both of you, the observation I had um, yesterday after finishing my second viewing was that Maybe Real is like the Galacticos era of Real Madrid soccer team in Spain because there was a period where they had Zinedine Zidane, David Beckham. I could go on all day, like heavy hitters, heavy hitters. And look, they got Buzinitz, Ishad, Kyle Walker, Mason Silva, right? So you've got two Sodis right there. Um, and then, like you said, like their, their farm team, their academy, as you would say in soccer, it's wild. Like it's kind of like watching all of them together in this edit. You wonder, you know, part of me was wondering, like, why doesn't Real just put out a video? And I was just like, wait a minute, this video would be you could daily do a ninety-minute video would really be the only way to do everybody justice because everybody's really good. I mean, shit, like Nicole House and um, damn it, I just said a homeboy's name and he's really good at vert. What's his name again? J- Jimmy Wilkins. Jimmy Wilkins. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> but no, like the fact that Nicole House and Jimmy Wilkins are bringing the swag back to vert. I mean, my goodness, like the, the team, the roster is huge, but they're all very, very good. Like Zion Wright, like, I guess I have to wonder, like, how do you make the pick to showcase these three? Or maybe that's going to be the strategy going forward. But in terms of, um, in terms of tricks, yo, Patrick Promet with his, he does this nolly heel and then he goes and hits a rail right after it. And he does the nolly heel like the same way that most people just do like a, uh, like a nolly shove, you know, correcting the board, getting it back to, so the tails in the back. I mean, wow. I mean, like the whole thing was dope. I mean, just like the the little the little snippets of the of the other teammates were great, but like the three of them, this could have been just like almost like a Tim and Henry's plus one on the same tip, and it was really good. Yeah, they had the premiere at Griffith Park here in Los Angeles uh, for the for the LA premiere. Um, I think like God, Tanner, like his Ender. Oh my God, like, 
I guess I, I guess yeah. I wonder. Like, is real is is real underrated though? I, I get I sometimes get the feeling that they are. Well, yeah, I mean, they could be. I mean, for they don't get like the amount of a uh, spotlight or whatever you want to call it for you know how deep and how like dope their team is. But yeah, if they did like a full video, it would be like it would be like three hours long if everyone had a full part. But um, yeah, Tanner Van Vark, like esoteric is a really good way to describe his skating. Like, well, first off, he he starts out with that like alley-oop backside 180 50-50 or whatever at uh whatever JFK JFK Banks mm. which is like a trick that Mark Gonzalez did like on a curb and now he's doing it like on this you know huge ass like legendary fucking hard to skate um bank to ledge or whatever plus he does all that crazy shit on rails like his signature whatever you want to call it like fakie hurricane revert y'all know what I'm talking about and, I almost thought that was yep. 5-0 yeah it's almost yeah it's almost like a Fakey 5-0 revert, almost like a fakey Smith, I don't know. But yeah, wow. some type of fakey Nesgrind revert on, on the handrail. And on the Rockaway rail, I had to like half speed this. He does like an overturned frontside nose bone slide, like almost like a frontside sushi grind on it. So yeah, I mean, he's doing shit no one else does. Plus like, yeah, the ender of that Wally, like Mayday or whatever you want to call it, like frontside when you think he 5-0 revert. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like the king of that. Like, that's like the new shit. Like what? Like when I see people doing all that, like Wally into whatever, like Jake Johnson kind of set that off, you know, with minefield and shit. But yeah, that's like the new style where I'm like, you know, what the fuck? I have no, you know what I mean? I'm like a vert skater from 1988 and like 1992. I'm like, dude, what is this shit? You know, <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like the new style. It's crazy. Well, also like uh, Patrick Promen, one thing I noticed about him is that he has a really wide stance, especially on his heel flips, which to me is mind blowing because uh, his heel flips and his shove it's like uh, his uh, what was it switch pop shove? Uh, was it was it switch switch uh, switch pop shoves fifty fifty or was it just pop shove fifty fifty on the oh, like, high rail? I would hide. Oh, that was regular. Never mind. But like the control, I mean, also like his uh, his skating, like where there would be a, a fence in front of a set of stairs. And do like the nollie inward heel, you know, his hard flips. It's, I wonder if three seasons is an, uh, a hint that maybe, you know, there's what there's, we're in winter right now. So there's three seasons left of the year. Maybe all three of these guys are going to go pro this year. Could be. Or maybe, uh, like you kind of alluded to before, they'll drop like another like video focusing on three different riders in the spring. Maybe another one in summertime, another one in, you know, the wintertime. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Patrick Prowlin, I think. He, he has really good, like, switch frontside heel variations. He did, like, you know, switch frontside heel manual, like, revert out. I keep saying revert. Is revert, like, a vert thing? Is, I think I th- I'm, I'm okay with revert. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't know where I saw it. Like, someone said revert is just, like, for vert maneuvers. But, I don't know. Backside I think it's not revert. Yeah, I think it sounds cool anyway. And uh, he also did that, like, backside hurricane to Ford on a rail. That was pretty stylish. So, yeah, I mean, all these guys are, like, real as always. All the dudes on their team, they're, like, the quarterback. They have, like, fucking they, some tech, some rail, some gnar. You know, they always have, like, the, they're the people they draft, they always have, like, a real good balance of, like, all those different disciplines. Yeah, and I, I do think, oh, I should add, yeah, Tanner Van Vark is pro, Patrick. So, one yeah. one down out of the three. Okay, yeah, you're um, right, you're right. I, I, I do think, like, yeah, there's, well... If we're trying to read between the lines, I should shout out um, on Village Psychic Overthinking Skate Videos, the IG account broke down 
Um, apparently there's a lot built into this video. I haven't had the, the chance to check that out yet, but, um, yeah, there's, there's something breaking down all the hidden messages and Easter eggs and everything in this video, but yeah, we've touched on it before, but I, I, I really think that a couple parts montage with people, the classic promo video, 15 minutes and you're done is the way to do it probably for every brand. But like, you know, again, we're, we're. <laughs> We're saying a full real video would be either 90 minutes to three hours, I think, is what we've clocked on this podcast. But, um, you know, the the since day one video, that's 75 minutes, maybe. Yeah. From 2011. And like, I, I, I can't watch that much anymore. So I'm, I'm really tied and enjoying uh, this format. Should say friend of this skateboard radio show, Tim Poulton <laughs> edited this one. So I'm, I'm sure. a little biased. But uh, shout out to Tim. Good package all around, man. I, I always love it when these things come out. Yeah, Ishad alone. Ishad and Busanitz alone could probably produce uh, three song parts, no problem, this year. And I think, I, I seem to remember like there was some some criticism in some spaces like about how long since day one was. And, you know, it was a time of very long videos and, you know, attention spans are shrinking every single day. So... Maybe this is the correct format. And also, it's just the right length that gets you hyped that you want to go skate. Yeah, 50, 10 to 20 minutes is a good length. I don't know. I like a good, like, uh, you know, traditional hour-long, you know, skate vid production with, like, full parts for everyone and shit sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, like, this is a lot of good. I mean, has anybody actually sat down and, and uh, done an assessment of which team has produced the most or which brand has produced the most sodies? Oh, dang. I actually uh, did. Uh, I did that for for the Ride Channel in like 2015. So who is it? And I think, I, if I recall, Deluxe Deluxe has it has it dialed. Well, damn on on. Well, I mean, on this team, there's like Mason, Kyle Walker, Shad. You can have three. Like I said, Galacticos, Real Madrid. You know the best the best footballers in the world. You know, like it's same thing with the uh, the Warriors right now. It's nonstop excitement. It, it's it's amazing. Like it, it, it's also what's interesting too is like um, again, you know the. Oh yeah, what am I saying? Chima Ferguson. I think we a lot of us often forget. Like yo, he's on real too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that one. Yeah, I mean, dude, you got like a uh, ten or twelve pros or something. Yeah, on the web page. But um, yeah. Speaking of Bashad, it's funny. Like skaters are like so so different. Like people say like built different. Like at that one point when he's talking as security guard, he like skinned his elbow or something and he's like and it's like all you know red bleeding or whatever the fuck like he's just totally casually talking to the guy like dude if like a regular civilian like got that injury they'd like fucking faint your your regular like dude whatever 25 to old, like doesn't even like skin their knee or anything like ever 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 like i said mm-hmm. earlier like most people do not challenge themselves physically in the way that most skateboarders do maybe who comes close people play pickup basketball shout out to y'all Oh yeah, 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 that's tough. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're like Shinner, like blood streaming down. It's like don't care. Like your your average civilian would like fucking faint or something. Sorry, I've been looking through my email trying to find that piece I did, and I think it was twenty fourteen <laughs> actually. But speaking of injuries, as an NBA follower, with people like poo pooing calf strains and like LeBron cramped in a finals game, and people were like bitching about him not being able to play. Just goes to show people do not get hurt and do not know how 
like certain things will just malfunction your body. Oh yeah, and your your cup. Oh yeah, done. no people. You, if you if about, you cramp, uh, you're you're done. Yeah, yeah. Listen, like most of the like, okay, rest or quote unquote rest in the NBA is a whole nother issue. But like most people who complain, like, oh, these guys are, you know, come on, dude, you're not really hurt. They couldn't run like a quarter mile without like dying. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's in. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Um, I remember was it 2006 World Cup final Thierry Henry plays for France, uh, getting subbed off, and he like. You could tell he was like limping, and I was thinking it was like that game went into extra time and eventually ended in Italy beating France on penalties. And you could tell like it was a heat wave in Germany. Your body starts cramping up. The first thing you think is like I need to sit down. Like that is next level pain. Like same thing with like hamstring. It could be a tweaked ankle. Remember somebody was uh, talking on Skate Twitter recently about that thing where you know sometimes like you'll you're not quite rolling your ankle. You fold it a little bit and you get scared like oh shit. Like I just I nearly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is a normal, like this is a normal thing that happens in skating. This is a normal thing that happens in skating. And for a lot of people, they don't understand how serious, like strains or sprains can be. And like, I, I just, I genuinely don't get it. Like, where, where do these people get off? Like, it hurts. I mean, like, have you, either of y'all experienced like one of those situations where you're like, you can't push? Like, maybe it's not like a like a full like, oh, my ham- hamstring is destroyed or like it's snapped or anything like that. But just like something's tight. Yeah, I mean, like, look at hamstrings are no joke, dude. Like, you can't run, can't jump, can't do shit, dude. Look at James Harden all last last season. Mm-hmm. Had a hamstring injury. He, like, looked, like, totally, like, incompetent. Well, yeah. Now, now he's, like, he's, like, great. He's killing it. Like, yeah, people are, like, oh, hamstring. Like, what the f- Get out there, you know? Yeah. Just like, dude, the- you're, yeah, dude, like, you do no physical activity, bro. Like, you know, most of the people that complain about that type of shit. Exactly. I mean, also like um, I'm trying to think. Like, what's another, what's another pretty common skate injury that requires a super long recovery time? That's not I mean, ACL, I, I, not ACL or MCL. Not ACL. Um, just like a like a bad sprained ankle, I guess, where your ankle turns into a grapefruit, mm-hmm. shit like that. Oh, I just remembered a really good one. Uh, Mike Carroll in the mid '90s when he had, uh, I think he had a separated shoulder. There's a period where Carroll slowed down for a little, little bit. Like, he was on fire nonstop until then. Um, and I remember there was an ad in Thrasher, probably like around 96, like Carroll back to, you know, to full health. Um, it was like a tabloid. Exactly. Yep, it was that. a tabloid girl ad. Yep. Oh, you have a better memory than I, I mean, but <laughs> Long long recovery time. I, I strained my calf on my right foot or right leg, which is what, what I push with. And so, like, I would restrain it. You know, I'd be off it for two weeks, then restrain it, just like pushing the first five minutes of a session. I did that in August, the initial injury where I kind of felt a little pop in there. It still aches now and then. I've got it pretty well under control, but like groin, groins are another one where you just like can re-aggravate it so easily doing next to nothing. Like, yeah, think about it. Like you take one, uh, you know, one bad slam skating a set of stairs and you don't quite do a split, but your legs kind of go in separate directions. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that that's it for the summer. Man, I aggra- aggravate like my groin muscle every now and then doing a rock and roll as a warm up, <laughs> like a little bit of torque. I'm lapping the hell out of it, guys. But um, yeah, that little bit of torque will Man. sometimes be like, oh, you didn't stretch enough. You gotta do your leg swing. You better, you better, you better take it easy before slow impact, my guy. The the, the soft tissue stuff, the like, yeah, and I'll 
take a slam and roll out of it or whatever that, that's invigorating there's there's my chase and the beast let me roll out of something yeah i'm sure uh everyone who's going out to slow impact next week is i mean next month is uh getting pretty stoked <laughs> which brings us to the part of the show where we talk about uh what we're stoked on currently uh patrick what are you stoked on this week i'm stoked on a lot so off top, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels, straight out of San Francisco, California. Um, I really enjoyed Chandler Burton's new part, aka Big Nakey, on Instagram. I think it's coming out soon. The party was last week, and it was really fun. It was at Burger She Wrote over in Los Feliz. Uh, shout out to the news. Really stoked on Arsenal staying at the top of the Premier League table. Oh, it feels incredible. I've really enjoyed the last couple episodes of Mostly Skateboarding because, yeah, I'm on the show, but I'm also still a fan, and I really enjoyed the interviews with Ryan Lay and Walker Ryan. Uh, Walker Ryan's book is really, really, really good. I'm stoked. I'm getting really excited for Slow Impact. Got my accommodations squared away, got some fits lined up. It's going to be so much fun. I'm stoked on tracksuits. And finally, I'm stoked on Sean Curry, a.k.a. Bacon Curry's interview in Grey Skate Magazine. Mike. What are you stoked on this week? So, um, late entry to my stokedness, to my stoked ons this week. Don't know what the thing's called, evidently, on this podcast. Did find my uh, Sodi Stats board sponsor thing from 2014 for the Ride Channel, nearly 10 years ago now. Good grief. As of the writing, Lip had the uh, claims on something like a Sodi Dynasty. They had four Sodis. It'd be Raleigh, Sorry. Mark Appleyard and David Gonzalez. And then and, um, as of that writing, Deluxe had four sodies from its various brand. So now that we have that on the record, let me find the document for the podcast. Really pulling back the curtain here. I'm stoked on Caramellos. You guys ever eat Caramellos? Yeah, stretch yeah, like, Caramello. Like like in the 80s. Oh, good grief. When they had, so I, when they had that, that commercial with the catchy jingle. They I still mean, make those? Okay. That, that's an under- oh, man. They still make that. It's underrated candy. I got a bag of them. Good milk chocolate. Been eating a lot of like um, dark chocolate, salted caramels, but milk chocolate, straightforward caramel, very good. Um, at my old skate park job, I used to stock the vending machines. I'd always go out of my way to buy some mellows for the kids. Also stoked on this past weekend, I was out in Wisconsin, used an ice auger to drill some holes in a lake ice covering to go ice fishing didn't catch anything but i'd never used an auger and uh as a 30-year minnesotan that was my first time doing that and then uh also stoked on buying some golf wax gonna wax the hell out of everything at the skate park i'm stick of i'm stick of sicking or i'm sick of sticking you take your choice on there at, at a um, familia yeah but what's the deal with that Do you have to ask is it like pulaski where you have to ask permission or and it, it depends on who's skating, yeah. mainly. Like, if my buddy Chad goes through, you know, the bank to ledge is going to be slick. The box is going to go. I have my other obstacles that I need to make sure I will not be sticking on. So there we have it. Jason, what are you stoked on? Stoked on Venture Trucks, uh, manufactured in San Francisco, California. Stoked on uh, the recent Rad Rats video, Rad Rats 7. Those uh, Milan kids are at it again. Uh, they're like getting better exponentially. That one kid, Vince, like skinny kid with the glasses, skinny kid, like it's a fucking skate fit. Like everyone's skinny. Like <laughs> anyway, yeah, he he like got mad better. So 
Yeah, that's pretty dope if you're into the Euro tech shit. Vince Palmer? Um, yeah, 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 that, that guy. He fucking rips. Uh, stoked on another video part from Giorgio Villone. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, it was on free from the upcoming vid, Devil's Pocket, by videographer Jake Todd. I think this kid's from Delaware or something, because he was in a kinetic vid too. Shout out kinetic. But yeah, same type, similar type of vibe as Mark Del Negro, like kind of a Eurotech in the USA kind of thing. So if you're into that shit, check it out. Also stoked on a uh, video game that should be out when this podcast is out, Dead Space. It's a remake of the Dead Space game from like 2009, like from the Xbox 360 era. It's like a fucking gnarly, like zombies in space type of game. Pretty stoked on that. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check mostlyskateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm up on the internet, Twitter, and Instagram at mmunzenrider. Patrick, where can the people find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle at Pikigongo and also doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Jason, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Cobra1994 on Instagram at Frozen Carbonite and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. We'll see y'all next week later. Like a